as Keith has just said, we are, um, we are going through Mark's Gospel. So we've been in it for a month now-ish, something like that. So um, yeah, so we're coming to the end of the first chapter of Mark's Gospel. And really, Mark's Gospel is about meeting Jesus as the King. And that's what I want us to do. That's what I think we all want us to do. Um, it's not read a book or some words or whatever, but to meet Jesus as we look at Mark's gospel. So we're in Mark 1.35. So if you want to find it, I'm just going to go ahead and play in a second and then we'll get right into it. So, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Um, let's give it to you today. We want to meet you today in this place. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be seen. We want to center our lives on you. This is not about anything else but Jesus. And so we ask you to come by your Holy Spirit and give us that wisdom, that revelation, that understanding of who you are today. We pray against every work of the enemy who wants to steal the seed from our hearts as it's planted, but we're not going to let that happen because we know that the Holy Spirit is here to reveal Jesus in the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, so Mark 1, 35. So if you found it, it says this. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, that's Jesus, he departed and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for the proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. So... Last week, Keith was speaking about Jesus having a really busy time of ministry. He was healing the sick. He was casting out demons. He was working in his authority as king and as Messiah and as Lord. And then as we meet Jesus, because I just want to talk about Jesus, actually, if that's okay. So no one said yes, but I'm going to talk about Jesus anyway, so that's fine. Um, We start straight away with Jesus um, praying early in the morning, okay, I think there's three things in this passage, by the way, three, that we can see about Jesus. So he's here, praying in the morning, 
And we're going to see, as we go through it, Jesus showing up and showing who he is and showing his mission and showing his heart. Uh, And then we see Jesus and we live like him, hopefully. So he's an example, but we live because we are in Christ um, by his Holy Spirit as well. So he's praying in the morning when it's dark. He went out and departed to a desolate place. Now I want to start with Jesus. I want to start with his relationship with his father at the very beginning, because that's where the passage starts. So the very beginning, we have Jesus and his relationship with his father. Jesus praying in the morning to his father. And it seems from scripture that he did this a lot. He went out, he spent time, he prayed to his father, he met with, with the God who he loved. Okay. And it, it's a pattern of Jesus' life. And I don't know about you, but when I pray, I make obligation out of my prayer. So I pray because I'm a Christian, and Christians pray. That's what we do. But Jesus spent time with his father, I believe, because he loved to spend time with his father. At the very beginning of this passage, he's spending time with his father, who he loves. And it's this phrase that I um, was, I was reminded of it again this morning, but I've heard it before, and it says, intimacy, fruitfulness flows from intimacy. So Jesus had a fruitful ministry from intimacy with his father. And so straight off, I want us to see Jesus being intimate with his father, spending time with his father, praying, because he loved to be with his father. Not because he had to get up at six every day to pray, or he had to do his quiet time, or he had to read his devotional for that day, but because he wanted to be with his father straight off at the start. And I think, I hope we'll see, as he does what he does, I hope we will realize that that's flowing out of, I believe, is flowing out of his relationship with his father. Because we so often start with, here, this is what we have to do, as people, as a church, whatever. Jesus starts with the father. So as he's praying anyway, it's with his father. And Simon, and those who were with him, searched for him. And they found him, and they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came. So, and then he went and cast out demons and preached in the synagogue. So, we have Jesus spending time with his father. His disciples come to him and they say, Jesus, there's loads of people looking for you. We want to go and pray with them. We want to go and meet with them. We want to go and touch their lives, whatever. Um, And he says, no. Now imagine, as a church, we're out in Chester on the street, okay? We're doing healings, praying for the sick, all of that. And big crowds of people start coming. We're out there and we're praying and we're, we're sharing the gospel and people are coming. They want to hear about Jesus. And Keith, I'm using you as our illustration, Keith, because that makes the most sense as you lead us, um, Keith comes along and says, right, we're going somewhere else. Imagine, you're on the street, you're praying for the sick, 
People are responding to the gospel. People are getting healed. Big crowds of people are coming. They see what's happening. And Keith says, right, we're going somewhere else now. We're not going to reach these people. We're not going to talk to these people. We're not going to pray for these people. We're going to go somewhere else. We're going to go, I don't know, whatever. We're just going to go. We're not going to stay here. We're going to go to another part of Chester where there's no people. And you would think Keith was crazy. Crazier. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you would think Keith was crazy, though, wouldn't you, for doing that, like, for saying to us out on the street when we're having a successful time of ministry, you would think that he was mad if he said, when all those people want to respond to Jesus, if he said, we're not staying here, we're going somewhere else, you'd think he was mad, probably. But that's what Jesus does. The people are coming to him. They want to meet with him. And he says to his disciples, no, we're not staying here. We're going somewhere else. Because I have come to preach. That's what I've come to do. And there's three places, another three, but there's three places in Mark's gospel where Jesus talks about what he came to do. So here, 138, he came to preach. And in 2.17, he says, he came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. And then, that bigger. And then in 10.45, he says, I've come, not to call, I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. For many. Not for, anyway, that, that's, another, that's another story. But anyway, that's, a, that's a, something I won't go into. Another theological point. But he came to give his life as a ransom for many. So there's three places where Jesus says, this is my mission. And in this bit, he says, I've come to preach. Now, I had a problem here because I was reading it. He says, I've come to preach. So he's healing. And he says, I've come to preach. So he leaves the people who are coming to him for healing. And he goes to preach. But he goes to the synagogue And then it says that as he was preaching in the synagogue, he was casting out demons as well as preaching. So has he come to heal or has he come to preach? It seems like he's turning the healing away to go to preach. But when he goes to the synagogue to preach, he's then healing. So what's he doing? Um, it's pretty simple, I think, but it, I was reading it and going, okay, this is a bit... But here's what I think it is, anyway. I think it's pretty simple, but I'm quite simple, so it took me a while to get it. But Jesus is not saying, I just preach. It's all about preaching, like some Christians do. And he doesn't say, I just heal, and it's all about healing, like some Christians do. But he doesn't get caught in the whole, do we preach or do we do miracles or whatever. He comes to preach. This is what I believe he's doing. Okay? From what the Father has showed him, by the way, from intimacy with his Father, he said, I only do what my Father gives me to do. So he's met the Father. What's he doing? He's preaching and healing to reveal his kingdom. So you've got his intimacy with the Father, and then you've got his mission, 
which he knows what his mission is. And he knows what his calling is. And he knows what God's given him to do. He's come to preach and do miracles because God's kingdom... Tell you what. I'm going to give a sneaky peek here. Phil's getting excited here. Although if you like films, I'm into films, and you know some films you start at the end, and then you go, and then you show the ending, and then you go back to the beginning, and then you watch the film, and then it shows the end again at the end, and then maybe a little bit more after it, so it really finishes. Maybe it's, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but but it happens in films, doesn't it? Um, so a sneaky peek at the end of the story, which we'll get to eventually, and a little bit of Mark that's. A little bit debated, maybe, but, but it's there, so I'm going to read from it. Because it says in some Bibles, some of the earliest manuscripts don't include this bit. But it's here in my Bible, so I'm going to read it, I'm going to take it. There it is. And Jesus says this. These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues... They will pick up serpents with their hands and they will drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Okay? So, miracles are part of the life of God's kingdom which we are living. And so, Jesus is revealing of himself here again going back, intimacy with the Father, time with God, knowing his Father, but then he is, he is showing his kingdom message with kingdom power. So he's not just preaching words, but he's not there doing a miracle roadshow either. So he's not just going to the crowds and doing miracles because it looks good and, and providing for what people need. Jesus had the courage to say, this is my mission, and it includes this, and it doesn't include this, and if it doesn't include this, I'm not going to do it. And I don't think we have that sometimes. I don't have that sometimes. So, Jesus has been with his Father. He's preached his kingdom message. He's doing signs and wonders and miracles and power. But there's a third... So that's sort of the two things. He knew his message. He knew his kingdom message. He knew his call. He knew what God had given him. He knew his father. But then something else happens. So it's just all right. This is good, isn't it? Learning about Jesus. I don't mean my preaching. I mean seeing Jesus. Jesus is good. And so a leper comes to him. This is the next bit of the story. He's preaching in the synagogues. He's casting out demons. He's doing miracles. He's talking about his mission. He's talking about his message. And a leper comes to him. And implores, imploring him, kneeling, said to him, if you, will make, if, you, if you will, you can make me clean. 
So Jesus is moved with pity. And he stretched out his hand and he touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it. And spread the news. Oh, that's later. I'll leave that bit for now. That's the the leper talking about Jesus. So Jesus is preaching his kingdom message. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the kingdom. He's showing it through signs and wonders. He's... He knows his mission, and he's fulfilling it. But then a leper comes to him. Now, lepers were, you probably, you, you'll probably know this, but lepers were sort of outcasts in their society. So they were separated from everybody else. You wouldn't go near a leper in case you caught what they had. And so the leper comes to Jesus and says, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will, you can make me clean. If you will. That's important. If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says to him, I will be clean. So Jesus takes off the if and says to the guy, I want to heal you. But this is the, these are, these are the, it's the third thing, if you like, if you like three-point sermons. It's the third thing that we, we see about Jesus is first, he, as I said, spends time with his father. Second, he knows his mission. He knows he's come to bring God's kingdom. He knows he's come to preach. He knows he's come to do miracles. He's sure of what God has given him, and he shows that. And then he is moved, says, with pity, or with compassion, some translations say. See, Jesus didn't let this guy kind of, he didn't let his ministry rather sort of get in the way of this guy coming to him. Because it's interesting, at the beginning, he leaves loads of people and says, I'm not going to go and heal them because I have this mission. But now, the leper, I keep wanting to say leopard, the leper comes to him. <laughs> the leper comes to him and... Um, <laughs> you're making me laugh now laughing the the leper comes to him and um, asks him for healing and he says I'm going to heal you because he has compassion on the guy he has compassion on the leper and heals him now I was reading I don't know Greek so I'm not like a a Greek scholar but Greek can be boring anyway you get people standing at the front and talking about Greek Whatever. It's all Greek to me. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, thank you. We haven't got Andy on the drums. I need him. <laughs> so, yeah. So, in Greek, apparently, the word compassion, I'm not going to try and pronounce the actual Greek word, but the word compassion means to have yearning in your bowels. So, it's not <laughs> bowel movements. But it, it's kind of down here. So Jesus, behave you. <laughs> so Jesus, uh, down here is, is longing 
for this guy to be healed, or longing, feeling compassion for him in order to heal him from his from his stomach, from the from the the depths of kind of who he, and also people talk about the spirit kind of being there as well. I don't know if that makes sense, but kind of in his spirit, and so he's longing in his spirit to see this guy be healed or. He has compassion on him in order to heal him, I suppose I should say. Jesus doesn't long for him to be healed because he knows he can heal him. So, so he does. He prays for him. He prays for the guy to be healed. He has a heart of compassion born out of knowing his father. And he doesn't let his compassion for the, the man, the leper, distract him. He doesn't let his mission, rather, distract him from his heart for the leper. He doesn't throw his compassion away. So that is what Jesus does, but the thing is, that's Jesus. Right, that's Jesus. There's a bit more which I'm going to talk about in a second, but that, that's, kind of, that's Jesus, right? So that's what he does. But as people who follow Jesus and are in his kingdom and are to know him and to walk with him, I believe God's call is for us to have the same heart as him, to be like Christ. People talk about being Christ-like, and they often mean sort of floating around and being nice to people and smiling all the time and wearing sandals and having long hair and, and all of this. Like, that's going to be like Christ, sort of thing, you know, floating away. But getting real about it, to be like Christ as we live our lives as his church, as his people individually in our schools and our colleges and in university and in work and in whatever we're doing, we're called to be like Christ. To be people of close intimacy with the Father, not out of obligation, but out of a need to know the Father and his mission and his call, okay? To have his call and mission in our life. And as I went to the end of Mark before, that those who follow him will do these things. Those who follow him will cast out demons. They will heal the sick. They will raise the dead. Those who follow him, us. And to have compassion, like his compassion. Um, Now, that's what I was going to say about compassion. I went to a Jesus Culture concert the other day. They're a Christian worship band. You probably most of you know Jesus Culture, who they are. And um, at that concert, they had healing at the end. And so God was healing a load of people. This is just kind of like grounding it in, in real life, if you like. God was healing people. And he was the, the guy that was leading it, and I forget his name, but he was bringing people up on stage to give testimony of the fact that they'd been healed. And it was all the weeping and cheering and celebrating because God was healing people. And I don't say this to show off because I'm not. I could be quite hard if I want to be. That's not, that's not quite true. But, you know, I can be a bit of a, like, 
this is what the Bible says kind of person if I'm not careful. Um, but as people were weeping and cheering and, and celebrating, it was great that God was healing people. I had to just stand and not quite weep, but I was close to tears at one point. It just broke me, and that was it. And I had to sit down and just go, this is... Because God was healing people. He was setting his children free from... Um, from there was three particular things. It was like knee injuries, and it was, it was asthma, and it was, it was things like this. He was setting people free. He was healing people. And I know that that's not a compassion that comes from me. But God sort of brought into my heart just a compassion for people to see his heart for healing people. And that's why I say it, it was definitely God. Because it's easy to stand here and say we need to be like Jesus, but it's something that he, he raises in our hearts by his spirit. A compassion and a not, a, an intimacy with him and all of this stuff a knowing of what God's called us to do. It all comes from the work of Jesus. And one of my favourite preachers, actually, no, not really preachers, uh, she was a healing evangelist. Catherine Coleman, she was called. So if anyone's heard of Catherine Coleman, um, she's another person that really displayed this in healing. Um, she held healing crusades, it was, it was years ago now. I can't remember the dates, to be honest. I, I didn't look her up. But she wrote a book called I Believe in Miracles. And if you can get it, get it. It's amazing. It's just testimonies of the people that were healed in her crusades. And it's the same sort of thing. You'll just sit and read it and just... Have you read it, Mark? You're sort of nodding your head like, yeah. You can just sit and read it and you'll, you'll, you'll weep. It, it's God just healing people, setting people free. Um, but she said that she got fed up of seeing people going to meetings, not getting healed, and then being sort of almost blamed for not being healed and going away like broken and hurt and worse than when they went in sick in the first place. And it's just, but she had such a heart to see God heal people, and, but a compassionate heart with the preaching of the kingdom. So it's just to get that heart of compassion from Jesus to walk in his, in his ministry of preaching and displaying the kingdom. So it's not just miracles, but it's not just preaching, but preaching with compassion, miracles with compassion, uh, showing God, showing Jesus to people with compassionate hearts. And it is preaching as well, of course. I've t- I said Jesus didn't just come to heal, and I've talked a lot about healing, but it's, it's the ministry that Jesus had of preaching and displaying his kingdom. It's what we do as well. It's good works as well. It's good things we do. So, but there's just another thing about, as we sort of think of that and how, what we do, the leper gets healed and Jesus said, don't tell anybody. He says, go to the priest. Show yourself to the priest. And you, the priest will, it will be proof that you've been healed. Um, Jesus was a Jew. He followed the Old Testament law as it was, not as it was interpreted by the religious people, but as it was, he followed it. Um, so he says to the guy... 
see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. To bring it together, and then there's the most exciting bit at the very end, but to bring it together, he tells Jesus to go to the priest. He, sorry, Jesus tells the man to go to the priest and give an offering and show that a work of God has been done, basically, as a proof to the priest. And as I was reading this, I was thinking, okay, a proof of what? What is Jesus wanting the man to prove to the religious leaders? And what came to my mind was, um, was when John the Baptist is in prison. It's in the book of Matthew. I think I've got it on here. Do you want to read this? This came absolutely out of nowhere. I didn't even... I wouldn't have even put the two together, but... Um, Jesus talks about the man having been healed. Don't tell everybody. Don't tell all the people. Just go to the priest, show yourself, and show the proof of what has happened. And I believe that's proof that Jesus has performed the miracle. Now, John the Baptist was in prison, okay? So it says, this is from Matthew now. Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples He went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Again, he's teaching and preaching. Now, when John heard in in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, said to Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the good news preached to them. And then he says, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now, this is John the Baptist. Keith spoke about John the Baptist a few weeks ago, very beginning of Mark. John the Baptist says, this is who Jesus is. And now John the Baptist in prison, he was sure that this is Jesus. This is the one who comes after me. This is the one who is the Messiah. And then John the Baptist is in prison, and he's now saying, are you the one? The one who he was sure was the Messiah. He's now asking, are you the one? And the proof that Jesus gives his disciples to tell John, the proof for John the Baptist that this is Jesus, that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the king who we want to meet and walk like and be like and emulate. He says, tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, dead are raised, and the poor have the good news preached to them. He says to John the Baptist, he gives word to John the Baptist that the proof that the kingdom of God has come the proof that Jesus is Messiah, the proof that Jesus is King, is in the preaching of the kingdom and the miracles done by Jesus in power, and it's the same for us. With hearts of compassion for God, 
for others from intimate relationship with God. As we display God's kingdom, preaching the kingdom, performing wonders in Jesus' name, he is revealed. Jesus is revealed. And he's seen as glorious. And he's seen as, as everything. So just like John the Baptist, we can show proof to people, this is Jesus. This is the message of his kingdom. This is his power. And just to sort of come into land, as it were. Um, so Jesus says to the, guy, the leper who gets healed, he says, uh, he says, don't tell anybody. And then the leper decides to dis- disobey Jesus. Now, disobedience to Jesus isn't normally a good thing to do. Uh, normally, we are supposed to be obedient to Jesus. That's kind of what it's about. But the leper is disobedient. Because Jesus said, don't tell anybody. But the leper decides that he wants to tell everybody. So he went out, he began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in the desolate places and people were coming to him from everywhere. Now, as I said at the start about if we were out on the street and Keith was telling us to move on and all of that, imagine you're out on the street in Chester healing the sick and people are getting so touched by Jesus that they are telling everybody. So much so that it's making our life actually difficult to, to preach about Jesus and to show miracles of Jesus and all of that. And I don't know about you, but I want to see that in Chester. I want to see people who are so touched by Jesus, by his healing and by the preaching of the kingdom, that they can't shut up about him. And I'm not talking about Christians only. I'm talking about people that don't know Jesus, so touched by him that they have to tell people. Like he did. That would be wonderful to see that happening. So as we follow Jesus with his compassionate heart and his kingdom message and his kingdom life, I believe that's what we'll see. I don't just want to see it. I think we will see it. Maybe I'm being presumptuous or maybe it's faith or maybe it's a bit of both. But I think we will see people so touched by Jesus that they will not be able to keep their mouths shut even though they don't even know Jesus yet. They only know what they've seen of his power. That's our Jesus. Will you stand with me? I want to pray. In fact, actually, I want to see God do stuff in here because... When the message of the kingdom is preached according to Jesus, there's signs following. So, I think a little bit after Keith preached last week, he talked about healing, and we had a little bit of time for God to just do stuff and for people to bring kind of words for healing, prophetic words, words of knowledge, and to allow God to move in healing. So, I'm just going to pray. And then, I'm just going to, for a minute, we're just going to wait. It's good to wait, and it's good to be quiet sometimes. And we're just going to wait, and if people want to come for healing, 
I'm here, Keith's here, I'm sure there's other people around that will be, pray, that will be open to praying for healing for people, maybe over, over here at the side. Um, we're not making a show of it, though. If, if, if you just want to come later when we finished, that's fine as well, but we just want to see God. But we don't want to make a show of it, though, because Jesus didn't either. But we just want to see God, you know, come and touch lives and heal and bring transformation. So I'm just going to pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your intimate relationship with your Father. Thank you for your message of the kingdom to preach and to heal. And thank you for your compassion for the sick. And the sick in this room today. As we just wait, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. And we just invite you to move. And as we wait, and if no one wants to come forward, that's great. But as we just wait maybe for people to have words or for you to just come and do what you want to do, we just ask, Holy Spirit, for you to come on this place in a new way for healing, for whatever.